victims, for those of you who delight in dread, who fantasize about fear, who glorify gore, welcome. You have found the place where the horror returns. Listeners, beware. This podcast contains major plot spoilers and the foulest of language. Join us in celebrating the old and the new, the best and the worst in horror. This is the podcast that uh, these days seems to prove that Star Wars never ends. Uh, each episode, we typically review a brand new horror movie and go back and watch a classic, but that's all out the window. So, for the second week in a row, it's our Star Wars Spectacular. Uh, of course, last week we brought you the new one and uh, talked a lot of Daisy Ridley. And uh, that's not a bad thing, is it, Denny? Never a bad thing to talk about Daisy Ridley. I and, could talk about Daisy Ridley all day. And uh, Jay, what did what did you think, man? Was this a, uh, the last week? Was that kind of like a return to form, or do you uh, do you do you are you kind of anticipating uh, episode nine? I am in anticip- anticipating episode nine. I did like the, like the movie for the for the most part. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm on board. All right, uh, and Brian, uh, I know you enjoyed it. Phillips not going to be with us on this show. But uh, that's okay. The show must go on. So uh, we're we're going to include spoilers for all three of these films because tonight we're talking, we're going back and to where it all began, uh, 1977's Star Wars, as I knew it. Uh, you younger generation know it as A New Hope, but uh, when I first saw it in the theater, it was just simply called Star Wars. And, of course, we're going to get into The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi tonight. Uh, we may use some four-letter words. Uh, it seemed like we been we were more G-rated last week than normal, guys. So I don't know if that's just because Denny and Jay are such straight arrows or what. But uh, I don't know. Our, our fucks and cunts and shits weren't there for some reason. Uh, you usually don't get a lot of those in a Star Wars movies. Um, Chewie does curse a lot, but he's a little hard to understand. So, right. you know, we just went with the flow. <laughs> All right, well, I'm, I'm Lance, and with me as always, uh, my co-host Brian Phillips. Phillips taking this show off, but uh, again, we have uh, we have Denny uh, Lewis from After Midnight Podcast. Tell us about that, Denny. We are a podcast all about tales of the supernatural, the paranormal, the unexplained conspiracy theories, and unsolved mysteries, where uh, we normally talk about certain topics, we analyze them, we break them down, we try to figure out if they're real, and this is normally like uh, stories about the supernatural, uh, if there's any underlying meaning to them, and all that good stuff. We try to have some fun with it along the way as well. Uh, go back and check our previous episodes over on iTunes, Brian Stitcher, and Beyond Pod. Uh, we've done episodes on uh, on the fan, uh, not the Phantom Menace. We've done episodes on on uh, haunted hotels, uh, uh, Hollow Earth. Uh, we've done movie commentaries. We've done conspiracies. We've done them all. Uh, go back, you know, since we're uh, we got you on now, go back check the Disney Urban Legends one with Lance. We also do one with the Creeper in my apartment, which is a pretty good uh, episode, by the way, too. Uh, where me and me and Lance kind of break down if it was real or not. 
Uh, so go back and check all those stuff, uh, all that stuff out. Yeah, and you know what? It's uh, it's probably not a big surprise that probably ninety eight percent of our listenership listens after midnight too. So <laughs> you know they probably know who you are, Denny. But it's it's always good to get a, to get the plug in. Jay, you've been on a few shows with us, man. I, I remember Blair Witch specifically, but didn't you also? Were you on the uh, greatest scream scream queens episode with us, or am I? Uh, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. I was on that. Uh, you know, did we do I, Howard the Duck too. Oh yeah, we did Howard the Duck, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, and then we did the Bates Motel. Um, yes, of course. The Bates Motel series. Yeah, that okay. was a good one. I enjoyed that one very yeah, much. And Danny, you've been on the show a few times. Of course, we always appreciate it, man. Uh, Wonder Woman, right? You're the one who Wonder pointed Woman. out the uh, the frame for frame shots from the original Superman movie, right? Exactly, and we were also. Uh, uh, if you remember, I believe that episode, I enjoyed uh, Cap America, Captain America, the first Avenger, a lot more than Wonder Woman. Uh, that still holds true because I actually rewatched right. both of them, and uh, I still enjoy Cap uh, a little bit more. And I was okay. also on for uh, Rogue One. That's right. That's right. So this is going to be a tradition. I guess we'll see you again in May. For Han Solo, yes. Uh, and, and well, hopefully. Hopefully <laughs> we'll have a lot of good stuff to say about that movie as well. All right. Mm. Well, this uh, this week, Jeff, this is Christmas uh, weekend that we're bringing this to you, so we're going to, a little bit shorter show, we're not going to go into Cool of the Week, headlines, any of that stuff, but uh, we're going to jump right into our attraction. Are you saying that there was no cool news that came out during Christmas week? Uh, I'm sure there was, but uh, <laughs> we're, trying, we're trying to jump ahead for time here, man. No problem. Are you talking about Shroud of Curing shit or what? <laughs> what, are you, what are you getting at, Denny? Ah, nothing, nothing. I'm just being silly. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's talk about Star Wars. Nothing but Star Wars. You were singing it earlier, Denny. Oh yeah, Star Wars. Well, my throat's still kind of hurt. I've been sick now for about four weeks, apparently. So oh, not, good. <laughs> not good. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take it. Let's take a time jump back to 1977 for the original uh, Star Wars, uh, also known as A New Hope. Uh, the director and writer was George Lucas. Uh, at that time, he was also known for American Graffiti, and since then, to the disdain of many, he's been responsible for Star Wars uh, episodes one through three as well. Don't forget uh, THX uh, 1138. Uh, that was actually pretty decent. Have you ever seen that? I have, actually. I uh, I own it on uh, DVD. Okay. I think it wow. was, uh, wasn't it at first a, a short, like a 20-minute short that he did in college or something? Yeah, it was supposed to originally be a five-minute short uh, that turned into 20 minutes. And I believe it was supposed to be one of the very first movies put out by uh, uh, Francis Ford Coppola's uh, uh, American Zoetrope production company wow. that pretty much killed the company okay <laughs> okay <laughs> trivia all over the place uh and speaking of trivia a couple of items here so uh of course we all we all know and can say a long long time ago in a galaxy far far away but did you guys know that the original draft by george lucas read a long long time ago in the not too distant future Okay. Yeah, sounds really yeah. fucking weird, doesn't it? Well, it does. uh, there, there's a lot of trivia on this movie that uh, that we could we could go into right now, like the fact that uh, I don't know if you ever guys ever read this book called The Secret History of Star Wars. Never have. No. 
Not yet. Okay, so basically it goes like in depth on like uh, the making of of this original trilogy, and uh, you know Lucas was very heavily inspired by uh, uh, those uh, se- that Seven Samurai movie that ah, appara- okay. allegedly his first draft of this movie was basically almost an exact ripoff of that movie that they asked him to actually kind of change it up or they were going to get sued. You're kidding. I'm, I kid you not. Kind of like the Magnificent Seven or exactly. uh, even that uh, Pixar movie A Bug's Life, which was kind of the same story, too. And uh, basically it was like uh, a lot of the a lot of the same characters you might see were there. But like uh, uh, one of the characters that actually didn't make it into but that eventually found his way in was uh, a character by the name of Mace Windy, who eventually turned what? into Mace Windu in the prequel trilogy. You're kidding. George Lucas, uh, George Lucas does not throw away any idea, by the way. <laughs> that doesn't sound like it. <laughs> now, who was Mace Windy supposed to be? He wasn't a Jedi, right? Jace, uh, Mace Windy was supposed to be a Jedi. I believe he was supposed to be uh, the initial Jedi. Obviously, we know about certain things that, like, Skywalkers were supposed to be star killers. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Luke was actually supposed to be the... Uh, uh, the Obi-Wan character. And he was supposed to be female, but at one point he was supposed to be the Obi-Wan character. And obviously Anakin Skywalker was not supposed to be Darth Vader. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. That, that's even evident in the characters first. and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 yeah and actually little little parts of it still kind of pierce through because in that oh, I guess we go into now. In that scene between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader, he keeps calling him Darth. Darth. Like it's his first name or something. Exactly. Not a title. In which it was <laughs> a title. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, yep. Man. Upon rewatching this movie, dude, it, it, it felt so fucking awkward because some of the stuff just seems so cobbled together later. That mm-hmm. It's like you knew. I don't know. Maybe George Lucas really did know the whole story from the beginning, like he claims. I've heard he claims he he knew it from the beginning. Bullshit. When you yeah. watch this first yeah. fucking movie, like especially when Luke is like, "Oh, Leah, she's beautiful." <laughs> and you think there's going to be a love triangle? I don't know. Well, we're going to get into that one once we get into Jedi, because I also have something right? for, for that, too. But uh, obviously, a lot of the, the major uh, plot points for this whole trilogy was not something that, you know, Lucas came up with when he originally wrote this uh, these drafts. It can't be, man. Well, listen, no. I've heard, have you guys ever heard this? If you listen very closely during the Moss Eisley shootout... That is, ju- that is to say, just before the Falcon takes off, there is a brief musical cue from the 70s arcade game Pac-Man. This I never heard. Never okay. heard it before. Never That's heard that I one. Grabbed it. It's so cool. <laughs> now, this one, Denny, this one you're going to know all about, okay? All right, so the following characters, quote, have a bad feeling about this, unquote. Okay, uh-huh. Obi-Wan in episode one. Yes. Anakin in episode two. Yes. Obi-Wan also in episode three. Luke in episode four, four. I believe. Yes, sir. You got it. Han in episode five? Uh, it says here Han in uh, episode five, yes, as well and as if I remember, I th- seven. Oh, yeah. And I think it's uh, uh, Lando in episode six. Uh, let's see. Le- I'm still going down the list here. Leah in episode five. C-3PO in episode six. Uh, Basically, see. it's a line that's used throughout the whole the whole series. Oh, whoa, whoa, yes. whoa. And also, the line is again spoken by Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones 
in the kingdom of the crystal skull. I told you, brother, George Lucas doesn't throw away any ideas. (laughs) Well, speaking of throwing nothing away, Denny, would you throw anything away from uh, the original Star Wars? Never. This movie, to me, was the epitome of my childhood. Like, this and uh, Goonies and Back to the Future were staples, and they still hold strong to this day. I remember the first time seeing this as a kid, and I was just blown away by it. I just fell in love with Luke. I, well, I fell in love with Leia first, most of all. <laughs> Good uh, save. <laughs> uh, I fell in love with Leia most at the end when she was wearing uh, at that uh, at the medal ceremony, and she's wearing that that white dress that's sure. a little low cut, and she's got that nice big like bun on the back of her head. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was like ultimate Leia for me. Uh, but you know, you could relate to Luke. You want to be Han. You love Leia. Uh, the droids are so awesome in this movie. You you want to be like you you want your own R two D two. You want to have a guiding factor like Ben Kenobi. Uh, you got a great physical villain like Vader, who just looks so physically imposing. It, it, it this movie is just we we could talk about how it's kind of cheesy and stuff like that, but. All in all, this is a great, like, fun time movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't care what anyone says. And it's a movie that's, you know, that's pretty much shaped a lot of stuff in my life, too. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, and let me add to that cheesy comment. It may seem cheesy to a degree now, but it's because of this movie that people have built their movies based on that to to make it as good as star Wars or better than star Wars. So it's, this is what really kind of started that soup. That's that space fantasy, um, uh, super action, you know, uh, heroes you can, you can get in, in involved into and all that. So it's, this was a staple point of what's basically, I think started it. Right. Oh, don't, don't say that to Alex Ross. Cause that guy once said that he wished uh, star Wars was more like the flash Gordon movie in 1980. Oh boy. <laughs> well, listen, oh, Brian, Brian, I think you're the Brian, you're the youngest of us. What are you about 21 or something? Uh, no, 37. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it though. Um, this is, this is definitely a classic to the point. It, it stands the test of time because for for the time it came out and for me to be able to show my kids now and for them to just be fully immersed in this universe it it, it says a lot right and there's so many great characters i i okay if anybody gets confused about my reviews i love almost all the star wars movies but i just have to point out just the little things that bother me Luke is a little bit too whiny in this movie. <laughs> From the moment he speaks, that what is the line? He was just like, as- when I was going to the Tashi station to pick up the power converter, you know, it was just <laughs> he has so many whiny moments in right. this movie that it, yeah. it just it's funny now. No, no, he's he is because especially like when him and uh, you know. Uh, he's already whining that Han might be charging them too much for this uh, this transport <laughs> off the planet. And then he's whining that the Falcon is a piece of junk. And then he's whining about Han's piloting skills because they're they're, you know, they're being chased by, uh, you know, an imperial uh, an imperial ship. 
It's like, come on, you know. Yeah, how was how, how old is he sp- supposed to be in this movie? In this movie, Luke is supposed to be nineteen. Yeah. Okay. That so, sounds I mean, about that, right. You, yeah, you might be able to say this because he's young, but it just it's just always he's young and me. sheltered, basically. He, he, right? Yeah, and it goes to that. There's just more out there, you know. He's he's stuck where he is, and he wants to. He wants to experience everything. He wants the adventure. He wants all this out there. And being sheltered and stuck in there, I, yeah, that can turn anybody into whiny. You know, just, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. Yeah. Okay. I want to I want to break free. I can I can understand the whininess of... of and at of a point, Luke. he's kind of beaten down, too. Not, like, physically, but, like, he's a guy who wants to go out and experience all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And that moment when, you know... Uh, Obi-Wan kind of offers it to him, telling him, hey, you have to come with me to Alderaan if you, you know, you have to learn the ways of the Force if you're to come with me to Alderaan and all that stuff like that. Luke is like, but I can't go. It's harvesting season. My, you know, Uncle Owen doesn't, won't let me. You know, yeah. and he's just making excuses already. Well, he got past that real quick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He, he uh, got he got over yeah. his he got over he got over his aunt and uncle's death pretty quick too. I think like yeah. in a matter of minutes. He was more torn up about Ben's yeah. death than he was about Uncle Owen's death. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, this was, yeah, a, this in the, in was a very well very well put together movie. I I, I really like the way that they um I, I think if you look at it, I I'm pretty sure it was supposed to to film and and, and be watched kinda like the old uh, serial type shows like Flash yes. Gordon and stuff like mm-hmm. that because you kind of get that feeling from the very beginning that it, it's not really um, making fun of those but it's sort of like you know trying to paying find homage. a home like that yeah, yeah, yeah. P- paying homage to him yeah yeah there you go um, but how fucking cool is it when uh, when Han, when Han Solo shows up I mean this dude's like the epitome of cool from the very beginning isn't he he is let, let, let me say one thing you ask Denny is there anything you would throw away from this movie? The mm-hmm. answer is yes. Every special edition feature thrown into this fucking movie, yes. throw it out. Too throw much. out throw out Greedo shooting first. Throw yes. back in. Yes. Put Han Solo shooting first back in. That I, you know what's you know, another thing you could throw back in? It's that deleted scene like right before they go and meet Han at the table. Han is sitting at the table with this uh, hot little number. Oh yeah, yeah. And she and she takes the powder out before they like just as they come in. That I would have kept to show that Han was also kind of like a bit of a you know a, a bit of a scallywag and a powder. player. Like what, she was doing cocaine at the at the table. Or what do you? <laughs> it saying? was nineteen seventy seven. So who yeah, knows? yeah. <laughs> okay. Was she also wearing roller skates or what? <laughs> well, you, you was know, chewing she, gum. No. She 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 basically bounces right out the scene as soon as they uh, you know Han's ready to conduct business. Okay, shit, man, I don't even remember that scene in in the original, and I saw this one in the theater when it first. Oh, came it's out. A, it's I'm a deleted scene. Old. It's a deleted scene. Yeah, you, you okay. got to got to get on the Blu-ray. Ah, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that would that would be right in character with uh, that's the Han Solo I know. That's for damn that's sure. The, that's the Han Solo we all expected, you know, because we we you know especially. Right. Come like once he's hitting on Leia, it's like okay, this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah. With that, with that being said, Han Solo is probably my favorite character in no the doubt. series. No doubt. But yep. does 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 the uh, upcoming Han Solo movie scare you guys a little bit? Yes. Yep. Yes. A lot. Yes, it does. Because Han Solo, we all love the character, but the thing is about Han is that he's uh, he's a great. Um, side character i don't know if the character is is 
I don't know if I'd be interested in a full Han Solo movie by himself. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going to kind of it kind of scares me because I feel like uh, it might if they don't get the character right, it might expose the character mm-hmm. as being maybe just a little bit weak or something. Yeah. And you don't want that to happen. Too human, too human or too caring or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah you because don't... the whole point of Han Solo is you want to kind of keep a little bit of mystery. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yep. Yeah, and I love the Lando Calrissian character, but I, I don't know about you guys. I, I love Community, and, and Donald Glover was great in that. But in <laughs> Spider-Man Homecoming, he didn't impress me. He didn't have a lot to do, though. Yeah, yeah, he just had, like, a bit part. You could have thrown anybody yeah. in that bit part. No shit, really. that's what bothers yeah. me, man. I, yeah. I hope he's good as Lando, but I'm kind of worried. Oh, I think he'll that. be awesome. Yeah, it I kind of does awesome. bother me still because, you know, it just, like, when you see, like, Donald Glover, you know, there's he doesn't have that kind of smooth and suave demeanor like a Billy D. Williams. You know, you can't know. you can't duplicate, well, not, not, oh, you can't duplicate Billy D. No. You know? And you can say the same thing about Harrison Ford, too. Exactly. And that, that's why this uh, Alden Ehrenreich, uh, I don't know. I don't even it's, know who this kid is, to be honest. Uh, I you. believe he was in uh, Hail Caesar, that last uh, Coen Brothers movie. Yeah, he was, he was the cowboy. He was the cowboy, right? I'm, I I'm believe just so. really I'm just really worried of these rumors that they, in the middle of production, they had to hire an acting coach for him. Oh, shit. Oh, well, that apparently was a problem. Really that was bad. an issue with uh, Lord and Miller and stuff. It's it's going to be tough to say if it's that bad because, you know, they they fired them halfway through. They brought in Ron Howard. And this is yeah. the movie that I thought was going to get pushed back until December again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they're going to they're making their May uh, their May 2018 release date. So mm-hmm. who knows? Yeah. Cool. Opie Cunningham's end of the day. So <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, look at look at Ron Howard's career. Has he really made any great films? Yes. Yes, he has. What what I mean, what would you consider his his great works of art? I mean uh, Backdraft was very good. Uh, okay. How about uh, Apollo thirteen? Yeah, Apollo thirteen. Uh, I don't it, I don't remember it that well. Cotton Candy, his you. first ever movie? Night never, Shift. Never even heard of it. Cotton Candy uh, was a TV movie. Night about Shift. <laughs> the comedy. <laughs> is that is that the one about 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 the? They 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 turn the uh, the the uh, place into the whorehouse or something like that. Yeah, yeah. You got the Fonz in there. Oh and, no, Michael Keaton. I mean, I loved it. Michael Keaton. <laughs> Michael Keaton. And that was well, Ron Howard directed. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that yeah. was his he first major like, movie. Yeah, he also did Splash. Yes, that's right. Uh, that's don't cool. forget uh, uh, b- 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 Willow. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Ah. By the way, the best thing about Cotton Candy is first movie. It's about a uh, uh, three high school students who decide to form a rock and roll band to enter into their uh, into their school talent show, and one okay. of the high schoolers is played by Clint Howard. Uh, <laughs> looks like he's a who's supposed to be 16 years old, but looks like he's about 40 years 40. old at the time. <laughs> so, okay, so who's Clint Howard going to play in the solo movie? <sighs> Tough to say, but we we know he's in the movie, though, because right. Ron has confirmed that he is in the movie. <laughs> so I'm looking up Ron Howard. He directed Cocoon right after Splash. Ah, okay. And then well, he did Gung Ho with uh, Michael Keaton. Oh, Michael Keaton again. Sure. <laughs> and yeah, he's, Parenthood. He directed Parenthood? Oh, that was he did. a great movie. Uh, okay. Actually, well, you know what? Since, me now. 
Brush, by the way, from a couple of years ago with uh, with what's his face? Thor uh, yeah, was the, also uh, a very the, good movie. The car racing movie. A, a yeah, Beautiful Mind, was, Cinderella Man. Wow. Also uh, okay. in the heart of the sea. Good stuff. Uh, in, yeah, in the heart okay. of the sea with. Uh, so so here's what turned me off when he did the uh, Da Vinci Code novel or the movie versions of those novels. I like those. I, I like. I like those. those. I like uh, the first one. Yeah, I was really disappointed though because I thought the books were a lot better. That's what In- turned me off from Ron. Inferno Howard. was horrible, but Angels and Demons and Da Vinci yeah. Code is pretty good. Da Vinci, yeah, Da Vinci Code was was good. I, I what I think the difference, uh, Lance, on that is. You get a lot of explanation in the book. The book doesn't okay. really develop True. the characters that True. well. I thought the movie did a way better version of uh, developing the actual characters than the writer did. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that, he just gives a lot of facts and a lot of knowledge. That's very hard to do in the movie. You're just going to have Tom Hanks standing around just talking about everything he knows, and that's not really going to work for a movie. Yeah. So I was, I was okay with that, with not a lot of that knowledge not being interpreted into the movie. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. All Anyways, right. what, what what do you guys score this movie since uh, since uh, we jumped from Star Wars to Da Vinci Code? <laughs> uh, where do I score Da Vinci Code? No, Star Wars. <laughs> oh, Star- uh, who, who, went, who went first? Uh, Jay, was this your... Oh, uh, this is or? a 10 on 10. That, that, that's a, that's a given. 10 on 10. You can't... Star Wars, the movie that started it all, right. um, it's... I you I love Star Wars so much because of New Hope, because of the characters you fall in love with. Because Danny Danny said it. He right. said you you relate with Luke. You want to be Han. You want to be with Leia. Yes. You fear Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. You long for that 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 relationship with Obi Wan. You know you, it's cool to have an R two D two with you. Um, even Chewie, you know that older brother that could be you know your, your bigger, stronger older brother that you kind of afraid of, but. Um, you know, it just there's just so much un, uh, in here to love that it, it just captures the imagination of a little kid. And each time you see it, you become that little kid again. And each time a movie gets close to it, it reminds you that Guardians of the Galaxy, Rogue One, you name it. And it, it, it brings you right back to Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Nice. OK. Ten, I mean, you can't beat 10 out of 10. No. Uh, Denny, did you go next? Uh, yeah, so uh, I, you know, just like uh, Jay, I give this a 10 on 10. This is a movie that wow. changed the game, literally. Uh, this is a movie that, like, basically, uh, you know, it blew my mind the first time I saw it as a kid. Uh, you you know, just like what we're talking about with, like, The Force Awakens, this movie is, if it's it's the draw to the characters that makes this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, and if these characters didn't work and that's why it's weird. It's like when you see like some of the people who are up for some of these roles, it's like, would this movie still would have worked with like uh, uh, Kurt Russell as Han Solo or uh, what's his uh, the greatest American hero guy as Luke Skywalker. William Cat. William yeah, Cat. No, thank you. <laughs> or Cindy Williams <laughs> even as as as, as, uh, as Princess Leia. It's like, you know, if, if this movie had other people in it, it might not have worked. But, you know, they they cast the right people. The story was great. The movie was fast paced. And, you know, you you just can't beat it. It's a 10 on 10. Nice. Uh, Brian, your turn. I'm going to give it a nine and a half. Um, This introduced so many iconic characters. Uh, One of my favorite characters, like I said, Han Solo is probably one of my favorite characters, period, throughout movies. And um, 
I do take I just take, I can't get over the whiny the whiny Luke Skywalker. That's why it just loses just a little bit for me. Jay, you did make a good argument why mm-hmm. it would be whiny, but it just it bothers me a little bit. So that um, but I'm gonna give it a nine point five is definitely a classic. And I think his and we'll get into the next movies, I think his growth in Empire and especially into Jedi really I think really solidifies the whininess in the first movie because you're seeing him evolve. You're seeing evolve. him become. Yeah, you, you're seeing him grow. Yeah, if he was just some smart aleck asshole um, thinking he, he can do anything from the first from the get go, he may not be as you know um, likable or relatable to it. So the whininess I'm, I'm, he, that does get a lot of flack from a lot of fans, but mm-hmm. I, I, I think the other movies. Um, justify the reason for that if it was a standalone movie i think he would have uh, brian would have a stronger stronger argument on that okay all right yeah so there's so there's three movies that i've shown my uh my granddaughters that that my wife probably wished i hadn't she was kind of like are you are you really sure you should be showing them these kind of movies but um these three movies they've absolutely loved and one of them was jaws and uh, they can't get enough of Jaws, and they love to watch that every chance we get. Another one was the original uh, Alien, the Ridley Scott uh, Alien, and uh, the third one that they that they like to watch every time every time I put it on is this one, the original Star Wars. Now, I thought they were gonna love Episode One more because it was more uh, you know modern with CGI and the things they're used to. But ten minutes into episode one, they were both asleep. So it just kind of goes to show you a classic is a classic is a classic, you know? Yes. Sir. When you see quality, you know it. And I give this this movie a good strong nine. Uh, e- easy easy nine on ten. So uh, yeah, I think we're all in agreement. Uh, original Star Wars is is worth seeking out for any millennials that are listening to our show that have never seen it. Who am I kidding? <laughs> Everybody's fucking seen it. Everybody's seen it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to the uh, the next one after this, which was 1980s, The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, director Irvin Kirshner, also known for James Bond, Never Say Never Again, and Robocop 2. Uh, writers Lee Brackett uh, with Lawrence Kasdan. Uh, Kasdan was also known for Raiders of the Lost Ark and Dreamcatcher. Stephen King adaptation. Uh, when Mark Hamill was having trouble with the Dagobah scenes with Yoda, Frank Oz brought in Miss Piggy to make him laugh. Do you guys know that? Uh, no. That we know, yes. All right. One of uh, George Lucas's goals in doing a Star Wars sequel was to become financially independent from Hollywood. Do you guys think he succeeded in that goal? Uh, yeah, and I think oh, all of us probably helped with that. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, Empire Strikes Back. Uh, Brian, this is your favorite one, right? This is my number one Star Wars movie right here. This is, of course, we got to talk about the iconic reveal of Darth Vader being uh, Luke Skywalker's father. What? We get... <laughs> now, wait a minute. We get, uh... did, I, did, did I miss that part? <laughs> yeah, you did. You were too focused on Force Awakens. Okay. Stab. <laughs> uh, we get the introduction of uh, Lando Calrissian, uh, played by Billy D. Williams. My boy, Lando Calrissian. Uh, 
we also get a very awkward scene, especially now watching it later. Uh, a lot of a lot of brother sister kissing action going on mm-hmm. countless times in this movie, and <laughs> it it it, it kind of weirds me out. And it just it does I I don't know. Going back to the to ep, uh, episode four of A New Hope, there's no way that they plan this movie out to be what it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, we could tell from I could tell you for a fact. Okay, so this is what we know. Okay, Lu- uh, Lucas always had the idea of making a sequel, but he wasn't certain that if uh, he wasn't certain if uh, the first movie, A New Hope, was gonna uh, was gonna be successful enough. He was sure. hoping it was just gonna be just successful enough that they would, would give him like uh, a sequel on a very small budget. Okay, so in order to get prepared for that, uh, he had uh, basically. Uh, uh, what was the gentleman's name? Alan Dean Foster. Come oh, yeah, up with the, an idea. Novelist. Yeah, he had him come up with the uh, uh, basically a screenplay for a sequel that would be that could be made on the cheap. Splinter so of the Mind's Eye. Exactly. So okay. he wrote Splinter of the Mind's Eye, and that was actually supposed to be the sequel to A New Hope, and that's why there's no Han in this movie, and basically the whole entire movie just takes place in a cave, because you could easily be doing that on a cheap. Sure. Uh, and specifically in that book, they really hit home the fact that there is a romantic connection between Luke and Leia. Wow. And at the <laughs> I point when you reread that. And when you watch this movie and Yoda actually mentions that there is another, yes, Lucas did have the idea for Luke to have a twin sister, but didn't actually uh, come up with the notion for it to be Leia until much later on. Very interesting. <laughs> That explains all that. And that, and then for me, that makes it okay with, you know, all the kissing and stuff like that, because right. knowing that, you know, it's not meant to be an awkward moment. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. if you knew you didn't have a sister and you were kissing on some girl and someone say, Hey, you know, that's your sister. Oh, okay. Better stop. If that's your reaction. Okay. Better stop. Uh, I would go. I, you know, this is also my favorite uh, Star Wars movie of all time. Uh, just kind of like what we, uh, I guess, we're going to discuss with another movie. This movie kind of takes uh, the conventional route and kind of twists it on it, like turn it on it, turn it on its access, and completely does something completely different because you know we go into a new hope thinking, okay, the the characters are all together. So what mm-hmm. does this movie do? Splits them apart. Yep, and okay. we basically your three leads are apart throughout the majority of the movie. They only they're only together at the beginning and at the end. Um, you know, we get to see Luke learn more about the Force. Yep. We're taken to new planets. They build this relate the the better romantic relationship between uh, Han and Leia, and not only that, but the chemistry between between Carrie Fisher and 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 Harrison Ford. They kind of give it that old school, you know, uh, Bogart and Bacall feel to it, you know, yeah. and they're, they're scenes together, especially my favorite scene of the whole movie when they're on the Falcon doing the work and he's kind of like rubbing her hands and she's like, you know, telling him to stop that because he's a scoundrel. And yeah. he's like, but you, you could use a scoundrel in your life. And she's like, but I like nice men. And he's like, I am a nice man. And she's she's just in it the whole entire time. And they kiss. And it's like, it's such a great scene. And then for C-3PO to come in 
and perfect. wreck it all. And <laughs> yes, perfect. perfect. It's so well done. Mm-hmm. You know, I love this movie so much. You know, you get the new characters like Lando. You know, he's so suave, but you don't know if you can trust him. Mm-hmm. I remember the thing that blew my mind, too, is when, you know, C-3PO gets blasted away. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I remember when I saw that, I started to cry because <laughs> I thought he was done. Uh, uh, we, we get to meet Yoda. We get to see, you know, there's so many good things, especially the scene in the cave with Luke and Vader. It's it just tells so much when Luke finally def- like beheads him, you know, yes. and it, you know his the helmet explodes and we see Luke's face and you could take it in so many ways as in like, you yeah. know, it kind of foreshadows that, um, you know, if Luke is seeing his face in Vader's mask, that one that there might be an actual connection between the two, which we do find out. And two, that, you know, if, if Luke continues to go down this, you know, this path that he's on. And, you know, and he doesn't focus on his training, he could he could become Darth Vader. He could become one with the dark side, yep. you know, and it's just so much stuff that it just like it, it it's it's so mind blowing as a kid that it's like I remember like when I saw this, I was like, whoa, I, I couldn't believe it anymore. This was like for me, like for the longest time, this was like the greatest movie ever made. Mm-hmm. Oh, completely, completely agree. I mean, they just, there is not a dull moment. There is not a slow moment of uh, any time that really slows down this movie. Everything, it, it, the music is better. You get the Imperial March, you get Yoda's theme, you get the Han and Leia love theme. You I get mean, the, the Emperor. You finally you get, see you the Emperor get the for the Emperor. first time. And, and also, this is the only movie out of the three where the special edition things added to it, they don't bother me, not one bit. I can watch without it, and I can watch with them, and it doesn't bother me at all. I even kind of like to a degree where they put in the, um, oh, Ian McDermott or whatever, the guy who plays the Emperor. Yeah, because mm-hmm. at first you had like the little, uh, yeah, an old little lady. monkey face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that actually I, I was kind of cool with that. And also with the, the Wampa at the beginning, you actually get to see that thing a little bit better because they couldn't get the original to work very good. So those scenes, I, I thought they made the movie even a little bit better. So it's that on top of that, it's just it's it, you get the reveal at the end. You get the shocker. The, the bad guys are completely in charge throughout the whole movie. And they stay in charge throughout the whole movie. The, the good guys, you know, they get by by the skin of their teeth. There really is no victory for them. Exactly. They just right. escape. That's, that's it. That's kind of that's that's kind of what I was worried uh, was going to happen in uh, in in the in the new movie we talked about last week. Yes, it, it kind of does you know? because, but it kind of does. It does, but it doesn't. <laughs> Uh, hey, hold on. Stop the presses here, guys. Stop the presses. Uh, you guys have Facebook uh, availability right now? Yes. Uh, All right. Let's uh, real quick, guys, log on to this BingeMedia.net fantasy. Look what look what Art Kelly posted five minutes ago. Um, God, Denny, I have Denny, no Denny, idea. You're famous, man. <laughs> you're you guys got famous, gotta- Denny. Someone's going to have to do it. All you listeners who want to put a, a, a face to the voice here of, uh, of our, our, our guest, <laughs> Denny Lewis. There it is. Hey, Denny, can someone send that to me? I don't have Facebook on my phone anymore, and I have no idea what my password is. Oh, no. I got Messenger. Oh, I'll send it, I'll send it I'll to you through Messenger. Okay. <laughs> I can leave it to fucking Art, huh? Had I known he was going to. Friend of the show, you- Art Kelly. Had he known, had I known he was going to do this, I would have, I would have taken a brand new picture just for him. 
All right, sorry to interrupt there, guys. <laughs> you guys had a had a marathon talk going. Sorry. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Are you got it, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, talk about timely, huh? Uh, this is great. We could have used this last week, but you know. <laughs> Time wink, travel, wink. man. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> All right. As you were, gentlemen. Oh, I was I talking? To, hey, if we're talking about Empire, I don't have anything to add. We, we are talking about Empire, yes. Away. Yep. It's, it's uh, a great movie. Not mm-hmm. not as good as a, a New Hope for me, but but damn close. Really? Oh, I think it's crazy. Yeah, I, I think know, this I is know. even better than A New Hope. I'm oh, better. Minority, I know. Yep, way better. And this is the last movie I saw of the original trilogy. Um, I saw the first one on video cassette. Right. Um, and then Empire was not available on video or any other format when Jedi came out. So I went and saw Jedi at the movie theaters. And then it was until a couple of years later when it, I think it was first released on HBO. That was like the, f- besides from the movie theater, that was the only way the first uh, media that you can watch. And I remember my mom let my brother and I stay home from school just so we can watch like the eight o'clock, 8 a.m. showing or 9 a.m. showing or some shit. And we stay. So I kind of knew the haunt. I mean, the Luke, yeah, Han was going to get frozen. I, I knew that Luke was, you know, Vader was possibly, no, no, was his father. Cause I've already seen Jedi and all that. So I Knowing all that and going into Empire and still, you know, exceeding my expectations and still being my number one movie says a really a lot for this movie. Who else is next? Is anyone still there? Yeah, I'm here. So okay. I'm, I'm internet was cutting out. All right, you guys ready for scores? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think everybody's gonna be pretty high. Mm-hmm. Uh was it me first? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this, this, like I said, this is this is my movie right here. This is a ten out of ten for me. Mm-hmm. The masterpiece. I think huh? I think some of the most iconic moments come out of this movie, hands exactly. down. Exactly. So, uh, ten out of ten. Cool. Um, for me, this movie breaks the rules. The sequel is better than the original. I'm gonna break the rules. Ten and a half. Out of 10. I'm going ten point <laughs> five out of ten. You I'm sure you weren't the... a, a member of Spinal Tap at one time? <laughs> this one goes to eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck! Ten and a half. All right, first ever ten and a half on the horror returns. Who's next? I, I, I'm with you guys. Ten on ten. This movie it it just it just kills it with everything. You know, it's like it's the 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 pacing never slows down. The characters are even better than they are in the first one. You're just guessing the whole entire time what's going to happen. And, you know, you're left with, uh, you know, one of the first times I remember ever seeing where, like, your good guys are kind of beaten and scrambling at the end. But they're they're still they're still around to fight a new uh, to fight another day. So to me, this is like one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. Amen. It's an easy 10 on 10. Strong words. Well, it's no Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. But no, it's better. <laughs> it's better. <laughs> I will give it. I will give it a strong eight and a half. Strong eight and a half on ten. Boy, why, why do I feel like? Uh, why do I feel like I'm the schmuck here? 
with, because with you gave Empire Strikes Back an eight and a half on ten. All right. Well, that's what it is. So you guys ready to move on? Let's move on. Let's get on to the final chapter. All right. Return of the Jedi. Director Richard Marquand, also known for Eye of the Needle and uh, the horror movie The Legacy. You guys ever seen that one? No. Uh, yeah, the legacy actually has a place near and dear to, to my heart because that was the first uh, horror movie that I ever saw that I guess I would say turned me into an absolute horror freak. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, but it's basically about a group of uh, spoiled, rich, white assholes that are uh, that go to this uh, extremely nice house to figure out who who's going to inherit everything, and they start dying off one by one. The scene that I liked is the ch- there was a chick swimming in the pool, and the uh, the pool cover closed on her, and she drowned. And I just thought that was so fucking sadistic that after that, I don't know, I really got into horror movies after that one. So I enjoyed The Legacy. If you guys get a chance, you might want to go back and, and check it out. Uh, writers Lawrence Kasdan and George Lucas. Uh, it took six people to work the full-sized animatronic job of the hut. Did you know that, Denny? Yes, uh, and I believe there should be a, a midget working uh, the tail. Yes. And uh, okay. in one uh, one of the scenes, uh, basically the scene where um, Leia goes to choke out uh, Jabba, she's wearing some high-heeled shoes, and when she goes to step over his tail, her heel actually, uh, actually broke through the tail and uh, hit the poor little guy on the... No! On the- <laughs> Oh, leave it to Denny to awesome. embellish the trivia <laughs> big time also another piece of trivia uh, some some people even speculate that Richard Marquand was actually the second unit director uh, really? because, yeah because George uh, even though George did not direct this movie uh, he he was there every day making sure Marquand was doing exactly what he <laughs> wanted him to do because ah. apparently George George had some issues with Irvin Kirshner in the, for Empire because uh, no Irv, Irv wanted to do things his own way, and uh, George did not appreciate that. Because apparently uh, doing it Irv's way costs a little bit more money than George would have hoped for. So, so was, was this like a poltergeist scenario with, uh, with, uh, with uh, Spielberg? Spielberg? Pretty yeah. much. Uh, apparently, and if you, if you listen to interviews, George actually does indicate uh, say that Empire is his least favorite of all the movies. And he's insane. And I don't think it's because favorite. of the story. I think it's because of the personal reasons behind it. Interesting. Okay. And he was his mentor, was he not? Wasn't he? Yeah, uh, I think uh, Kirshner was, uh, was a, a professor of his as well. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so you're ba- you guys are basically saying that uh, Lucas is like the Jerry Jones of movie producers, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if he's he's going into the prisons and picking out uh, new uh, new talent, but uh, yeah. yeah, let's just say George is very hands on. Or, or we could say Al Davis. Uh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> just win, baby. <laughs> so, uh, indoor indoor is the name of a place in the Bible. It's the village found in biblical Israel's territory of Issachar where King Saul went on the eve of his final battle with the Philistines and came across the Witch of Endor. Hmm. It is also the Elvish name for Middle Earth in J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. And also was not actually supposed to be in the original movie. Well, tell us about that, man. Uh, In the original, I believe uh, one of the original works of the script, this was actually supposed to be uh, Kashyyyk. 
Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So they were actually supposed to. The final battle was supposed to take place on uh, Chewbacca's home planet. Okay. Uh, but then uh, I believe Lucas. This is actually legit. Lucas apparently thought it would be uh, they could sell more merchandise if they kind of shunk uh, the Wookies down and turned them into uh, Ewoks. Oh, so this geez. is your first basically official case of let's let's kind of put like uh, uh, you know toys in front of the actual movie. All right. Well, Denny, what do you think about the movie itself, man? I like this is actually the first ever Star Wars movie I saw. Yeah. And I saw this. Yep. This was a uh, I saw this back in 1984 uh, when I was four years old. I still remember when this movie came out. I was like three. But like still the, think of it this way. But, uh, for all you, uh, uh, you know, post 87 uh, listeners out there. <laughs> movies used to move a lot slower in cinemas than they do now. So Empire, uh, like Jedi was in theaters for a long time. Yeah. So by 1984, even though the movie had already been out for a year. Uh, you know, toys were still selling hotly. We were still, we still had trading cards being sold for this. I remember you know, those. These movies were still in theaters when you know at that time. So I remember seeing this like in '84. I didn't see it in theater. I did. See, I think by that point, it was already rolling out on home video, on VHS already, huh? On VHS, I and I remember sure? seeing it on VHS. Yeah, back back then it took like two or three years to. You did VHS, take two years. It? Yeah, it could have been okay, on so VHS. Okay, so it might have been like '85 when I saw this. Okay. But I do remember like getting the toys in like '84 and getting the cards in '84. Oh yeah, and all that because like my parents never took us to movie theaters and stuff like that, so I didn't see this until like home video. Yeah. Uh, what was the other thing? Um, oh yeah. So uh, I think this this movie kind of breaks my heart. Uh, I, it's right. the weakest of this of the original trilogy, Agreed. and it's not in a bad way. I would this, agree. Um, one thing about this movie, and it it, it it's it, this movie did this to me for about twenty twenty five years. Always made me sad at the very end because. Really? Yeah, because the, this is basically the final chapter of this of you know of this story, and it's like for for the longest time we never got to see these characters again. So oh, you know, okay. that, yeah. final, that final scene one. is yes. like really like kind of like uh like what you would I guess what you would call like you know your end of the school year party or something. You're seeing yeah. your friends for the time. And, you know, when you're a little kid. This is the last time you're going to see these friends of yours. Damn good call. You know? So even like when you see when I. Up until like until like the announcement of like the Force Awakens, every time I saw the ending of this movie, I always kind of got choked up a little bit because it's the last time we see these characters. And then I remember once once they announced the Force Awakens, I remember the last time I saw it after like right before Force Awakens came out, that mm-hmm. feeling was gone because it's like I'm going to see these characters again. Now right. we might actually it, it's probably going to change this time because we're probably going to get some closure with these well like we got closure with one of the original characters at least um so yeah this movie was always a little bit uh sad for me uh uplifting a little bit cuz we got to see you know your main villain you know turn turn into a good guy you know, well, he's redeemed at the end. Yeah, we get to see pretty, even, pretty briefly. <laughs> we get to see an even better villain with the Emperor. Yes, right? yes. We get to see new locations. We get to see Luke in his full, you know, full Jedi mode, and we sure. get to see Luke do new things. And not only that, one thing I loved about this movie, and I still kind of do, is that sense of uncertainty at the beginning. 
when we see Luke Skywalker for the first time after all this, you know, in Empire where they're driving home, you know, Yoda's telling him, hey, don't, you know, watch out. The dark side is is seductive. It's tempting. And you have Vader coming after him, telling him to join the dark side. And when we see Luke the first time in this movie dressed all in black, all in black. Right. The first thing we see him that do is use me out too. We, the first thing we see him do is use a force choke on the Gamorrean guards. And we only had seen Vader do it at that point. Right. And we're like, oh, no, has Luke turned? But no, it, he hadn't. You know, it's he comes in to save the day. The, I, I'll give you this. There, this this plan that they had to break Han out of Jamba's palace is a bit weird because mm-hmm. it seemed to, it, it depended on all of them actually getting captured for some reason. Or right. so that was their audibles. Okay, captured Plan B. Oh shit, she's captured Plan C. You know, kinda... <laughs> what, was point. Plan A to get like. Happened. Was plan A for Lando to get a job at the palace? I think that was, yeah, I think that one's stuck. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And how do you apply for that, too? I mean, do you just, it's like an online thing, or do you just show up and say, hey, punch that old lady in the face? And if you do it, oh, shit, you're one of us. Let's go. The other thing, though, was just uh, all the, the, the wackiness that we see in this movie as a kid that still stuck with me, like seeing, like, you know, Max Rebo's band and seeing uh, mm-hmm. Bib Fortuna, who used to scare the crap out of me as a kid. And it's he the did, eyes. And it's hands. the eyes. You just scared the crap. And I, I remember the first time I saw Max Rebo, I wanted one so badly. Oh, yeah. I thought like you could just get like, I just wanted like a Max Rebo in my house to play like piano and shit. <laughs> definitely a toy cash grab movie, right? Oh, definitely. Definitely. And that's. And, you know, that's the, uh, another trivia. That's why Han Solo is still alive mm-hmm. in this movie is because I think Lucas felt that a dead Han Solo wouldn't sell action figures. Yeah. Han, act, uh, Harrison Ford actually did want the, the character. Uh, Han Solo and Larry Kasdan wanted the character to be killed off in this movie. Correct. They both that. thought that, at, you know, in order to, to raise the stakes for this movie, one of the one of the leads had to go. Yeah, uh, because it would really drive home the importance that hey, this is a, this is a war, you know, <laughs> consequences. You know, there's someone would lose a life eventually, but you know, George had his own way, and you know, Harrison stayed. The whole point was of him freezing him in carbonite in the first movie because they didn't have Harrison uh, locked up for the third movie, or in the second uh. movie they didn't have him locked up for the third movie, so they froze him in carbonite. So if they if Harrison didn't come back, that was just an easy way to, to kind of like kill him off. Yeah. Well, I, I wonder what that would have done to us as kids seeing seeing Han Solo go out like that. I, I the same I effect know. it had on you as a thirty something year old. Probably. <laughs> 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 right. Oh yeah, yeah. Good call. <laughs> I always, if they did that, I would always want him to be the one that uh, we, when they went into the Death Star and they were, you know, Lando and they were all shooting that thing that they had to shoot and it wasn't working. Their missiles or lasers wasn't working. And Han Solo was like, all right, light speed right to the middle of this motherfucker. Boom. And the, and the Death Star goes, if they were going to kill Han Solo, I, I would want that to be the way for him to go. That would have been a good way to go out. Definitely. Also, by the way, great one of the best uh, lightsaber battles ever with Luke and Vader at the end, and just seeing Luke, you know, once Vader finds out that Leia's a sister, uh, that you know Leia's his sister, Ooh. and Luke just goes nuts after mm-hmm. to take him down, was one of the. Uh, I remember marking out when I saw that, and it didn't even occur to me that Luke could turn at that point. It's just that he has to protect his sister. Now, getting back to what we were talking about before, uh, so. George's intent was to originally have Luke 
have a twin sister. She just the, the whole purpose was he actually wanted to introduce a new character to be the sister and have Luke fight her at the end of the movie instead of fight Vader. Ooh. Oh, wow. But that the problem was everything. It would have changed everything. And the thing was is that by this point, George was already tired of making these movies because don't forget along the way, George is saying, saying we're going to make a Star Wars. We're going to make Star Wars until the end of time. He said he was saying that they were uh, they were going to make a Star Wars up until like uh, twenty twelve or something like that. Oh, wow! Mm-hmm. And by this, that. after this point, he was already tired of making these movies, so he really wanted to wrap it up. So he thought after a while, it's going to be pointless to introduce a brand new character in this movie. But we left this thing in that there is another. So who could we make another? Well, we have Princess Leia here. Let's just make her his sister. Boom. Yeah. Oh, how lazy, huh? It's, it was just a way to kind of tie up a loose end without right. you know, kind of introducing a new character. So and that's why we the, have, and, Luke it, and it makes uh, a new hope all the all the creepier in certain scenes, right? <laughs> yeah, and well, and the scene it technically in makes Empire. it makes Empire more. Creepier. Yeah, because that was uh, a passionate Empire kiss. is the full kiss on the lips. You know, at least with with a new hope, it's a peck on the cheek for good luck. Yeah, yeah, a sister can do that actually to a brother. You know. Oh man, how did how did you guys feel about the Ewoks? Ugh. Um. um as a kid, we well, I watched it as a kid, so I was I was fine with that. I, I mean, I think they're a little underrated. They're yeah, really savage in this. They wanted they tried to eat them at at the beginning when they first captured them. <laughs> yeah, they did. And oh, right. if you <laughs> if you watch if you watch the whole battle at the end, they are pretty brutal. They're just beating down stormtroopers with clubs and rocks and yeah. Not only that, you know we, some. You know they ate some of those st- stormtroopers at the end. Oh hell yeah! Oh, yeah kind of, we, we kind of know for a fact that they did it thanks to these uh, forces of destiny little cartoons that they have coming out now from Star right. Wars, okay. where they focus on the female leads. There mm-hmm. is an episode on Endor where Leia tells them, "No, don't eat these guys. They're prisoners now. <laughs> kind of leave them alone." Oh, and no. also. <laughs> uh, another little fun fact. I don't know if you did. You guys ever watch any of these little episodes? No, I've no. never even heard of. This. I don't even know what you're talking about. Man. Yeah. Okay, so, no, I've heard so, of so for like Disney kind of decided to put like the focus on the female characters. They're releasing these little cartoon shorts. They're about two minutes each. They're called Forces of Destiny, where they focus on each uh, one of each one of the female characters they've had. So you have mm-hmm. episodes with Padme. You have episodes with Ahsoka. You have episodes with Leia. Okay. The episode that focuses just at the end of the Battle of Endor, once the battle is won, has Hera Sandula in it. So we know now for a fact, because it's canon, Hera from Rebels actually survives all the way up until the Battle of Endor. Oh, actually, they mention her. Yeah, and they also mention her in uh, Rogue One as well. They mention her in Rogue One, but there mm-hmm. is, in the battle in the in the Forces of Episode Destiny, there is a scene with Hera and Han. Oh, with sweet. the ghost and the Falcon parked side by side. Oh, that's cool. So that was a nice little touch for for that, and it's canon now because it's all Disney. Yeah, where can right. you get these episodes? Is it just on Disney? You can XP? find them all on. Uh, you can find them all on YouTube now. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. I'll give it a shot. And as uh, what is it called again? Uh, Forces of Destiny. Okay, Forces. I'm gonna check those out. <sighs> But the thing also with the uh, with the Ewoks, because you're talking about with the Savage, so that's something that always bothered me as a kid, too. 
was the fact that like at the end when they're all celebrating, we're just seeing the stormtrooper helmets there and they're just playing them like they're drums. But it's like, what happened to the person who was inside? The exactly. Oh. And, the fact, and, and, this and, is and Lando's dancing at the end and at the end of this movie kind of bothers me as well. Yeah. And this is another moment where I think that the added stuff actually does work because you get blinking eyes now with the Ewoks. And so oh that yeah. Dead, dead cold look they have in the in the original version <laughs> kind of like yeah. chucky <laughs> you know you know what else you know what really doesn't work about this uh, the new uh the new edition of jedi huh. hayden christensen's uh, force ghost i was oh. just gonna ask that Which, oh, what do you yeah, guys yeah. Do you guys okay. like the original yeah. or the new one now, i prefer like, the original yeah like i said um this was my son's first viewing and when everybody shows up as force ghost at the end he he was like who is that and i was like well mm-hmm. that's North Vader. He hasn't seen the prequels. So uh, he was like really confused. And then I tried to explain it. And then he was like, well, if he died, why did he come back as his younger self? And it, it, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. I think because that, that's Anakin. <laughs> there is no Anakin after the battle with Obi-Wan Kenobi. So if it's the ghost of Anakin, what is the last interpretation of Anakin? Was when mm-hmm. he was young. That's, I'm, I I don't know if that's the real answer, but I think that's what Lucas was going for. Well, that's not what bothers me most about that scene. It's the fact that, uh, and if you guys remember, he's the wearing original, the wrong outfit. No, well that too. But if you remember the original scene with uh, Sebastian Shaw, they're all looking off in the same direction. So they're all kind of their bodies are all kind of pointed at one thing, and in this one. It almost seems like Hayden Christensen is looking directly at the camera and he's doing like this kind of look where he, he uh, let's let's be honest. He looks a bit like a, a sexual predator in this in this scene <laughs> because he's got like this. I didn't weird, get that. He's got like this weird look where he's kind of like looking at you like he he's he's got his head down a bit. So it's almost like he's like he's looking at you and he. You, nobody could see it because <laughs> this is not an, a video podcast, but if you go in and look at it, he's kind of looking at the camera in a very weird way that kind of always makes me uncomfortable when I see it. Super creepy, huh? Exactly. He looks like a very creepy individual in that scene, and it's it like always it. bothers me to see it. I would much rather see Sebastian Shaw back there. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at you, big boy. <laughs> Going back, though, did did Darth Vader, Darth Vader really do a lot to redeem himself though he did fulfill the prophecy at the end that's it all he did was throw the emperor he killed the emperor for this for his son that doesn't redeem all those people he killed mm-hmm. yeah yeah because no. he, you know he was supposed to originally bring balance to the fort I and mean, you could say he, he argued he did it twice because you know mm-hmm. when at the end of revenge of the sith there was hundreds of Jedi uh, Jedi uh, knights and there was yeah. only two sith and by the end of revenge of the sith there's two and two uh, by the end of Empire, now there's only one because it's just Luke now. So in reality, at that point, there is balance to the Force. He 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 brought balance. He you know, because yep. a lot of people tend to think no, Luke was the chosen one of the prophecy. No. It's like no, it was Anakin, and he yes. he fulfilled Entire it to time. a T. Yeah, nope, agree with you one hundred percent on that. Okay. And the fact that like, I still one of my favorite scenes is at the beginning of the movie when Vader gets onto the you know to the Death Star. Telling them they have to, you know, hurry up and, you know, and the guy's like, well, we, we need more men. And Vader's just like, well, tell that to the emperor yourself. And he's like, he's coming. And he's like, yeah, we'll double our efforts. And then Vader's just like, 
Be sure that you do because the emperor is not as forgiving as I am. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I always thought that was so badass. And it's such a great line because we were talking about with this last year with with Rogue One because you guys weren't a fan of the don't choke on your aspirations line. Mm-hmm. And it kind of reminded me of this. So it's I always like it when Vader could get like a little joke, but not like it doesn't have to be ha ha. It, it should be more like funny. It is in a way I'm going to kill you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, laugh at my joke because I'm gonna kill you, moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like the "don't choke in your aspirations" line. I thought that was pretty cool. I never had a problem with that. Somebody did. I remember though. Ah, uh, no, it wasn't me. Uh, I think it was Philip. Philip's not here, so yeah, let's just blame Philip. Yeah, it was Philip. God right. damn it, Philip! <laughs> you got you, you guys ready to score this one? Let's score this one. Okay. Yep. Because I'm looking at our calendar here, Brian, and I'm desperately trying to figure out what we're doing next week. So we're going to have to make this a a, a decision by committee, I think. But uh, oh, okay. All right. So anyway, oh, talking about uh, what 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 were what were we talking about again? Our scoring our Re- Return of the Jedi, Return which was originally, the by the way, another piece of uh, trivia was supposed to originally be called Revenge of the Jedi. Yes, Ooh. that I remember. And you could still get a poster for that uh, of oh, that original. You could still get a, a poster of that original print. By the I way, I was so much more looking forward to that one. But you know, maybe that's a movie that'll never be made, right? Um, no, because Jedi don't take revenge. revenge of the Sith. Yeah, yeah, Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, well, and they figure Jedi, Jedi the don't take punch. revenge. Nah. All right, who's first? Uh, I'll go first. Uh, you know, this was the weakest point of the trilogy for me. I, it's still it's still a good movie to me, uh, but it's still a little sad that this was the last of the trilogy. You know, especially because, you know, we wanted to see the adventures of these characters again. We did. And all we really got were like, you know, when George announced he was making another trilogy, and we're, we were all excited. It's like a prequel trilogy. It's like, well, I don't really want to see the prequel characters. I don't want to see young Obi-Wan or stuff. I, we got it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, but I really wanted to see the adventures of Luke Han and Leia again. Mm. Um, and so we didn't Luke. get it, and you know, this was the last of the trilogy at that time. I'd give this one maybe a seven on ten. Ooh, well, that's kind of brutal, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is no Force Awakens. You got to up it up a little. Um, for me, it's yeah, it is definitely the weaker of of it. I think it had to do with I think Denny hit it on there. It's like it was just time to wrap things up, and you you do a lot of a loose ends, cut a loose end with Leia being you know the the brother and or the sister. Um, In twenty seventeen, she might be the brother. Yeah, there you <laughs> I was go. Say that's a whole other transgender Star Wars, right? Transgender gender wars. Um, no, but for me, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go uh, solid eight on ten. Oh, not too bad. Not bad. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, you gonna go ahead? No, go ahead, Brian. Uh, I was gonna say I'm. I'm right there with you, Jay. I'm gonna give it an eight. Um, it's not the best one in the trilogy, but I have a lot of fond memories from watching this. Uh, a couple oh, yeah. scenes we didn't bring up. One that always stuck out for me as a kid was the the speeder bike. Uh, through oh, the wood oh, scene, yes, I, really, yes. I really enjoyed that scene, and uh, I really, I really liked the, the the battle at the end with the Ewoks. Like I, I brought up my reasons, my my argument for the Ewoks, and uh, I'm gonna give it an eight. Cool. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the middle. I'll I'll go seven and a half. I mean, for me, it was. Uh, I mean, hell, it's still Star Wars any way you look at it, but yeah. maybe a little too cutesy. Mm-hmm. Um, little too much of a money grab with the toys and all the different characters and the you know yeah, yeah. bizarre looking 
creatures that you could make uh, action figures into and that kind of thing. But um, and plus another fucking Death Star. You know, I mean, we have this <laughs> argument all the time, but. Uh, I don't know. Well, I have a theory. I I, I, Denny has a theory. I have a theory on that. I'm all ears. If you're going to create the most powerful weapon in the galaxy, uh, why just stop at one? I think at the time that they were, I I still think at the time that they were building, uh, that they finished building the first Death Star, they were already working. They probably already uh, building the second Death Star. And I think there may be, and I still think there may be others that they don't know about. Ah, hmm. I guess we're yes. going to find Hence, out. like Starkiller Base, and I think there might be another planet just like that. Oh, I can be on board with that. Oh, one other thing I wanted to add about this. I think this had the space battle at the end. I think it was the best space battle of the original trilogy. Um, now, the space battle going on the Death Star was cool. You didn't really get a lot in Empire. It was more of chasing the Falcon. But mm-hmm. this one, I think they went balls out on on space battles. Um, the fight of the Death Star was way, was way better than New Hope and a lot more in Empire. So Jedi does have that one scene that stands out. Jedi True does enough. have... Uh, a few scenes in it that uh, you know George spends all this time touching up on a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a few scenes in Jedi that I wish. There's one in particular that I wish he would have touched up, and that's the scene between Han and, and Lando where he gives Han gives Lando the, uh, oh. the Falcon. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you have that very faded matte uh, painting in the back that yeah. Lando, that Lando has to kind of walk into. Sure, <laughs> I kind of wish he would have updated that to make it look a little nicer. Yeah, yeah, good call. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like a a Star Trek original series uh, scene, huh? Pretty much. (laughs) All right, cool. So I think we've – we still all recommend it, right? I mean – Of course. We recommend anyone to watch all these movies. I'd I'd recommend watching Star Wars over than starting a family. Come on now. Come on. Ah, wow. (laughs) Strong words, man. (laughs) All right. Well, listen, we want to uh, thank everybody for listening to another episode of The Horror Returns. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback and ideas. Uh, you know who Denny is. You know who Jay is. I'm sure they'll be on plenty more. Um, Brian, you may have this all mapped out better than I do, brother. But considering this show is coming out Christmas weekend when we're not really recording, we've got uh, Dude Band Between Bright, uh, The Shape of Water, uh, the best and worst of, of 2017. Brian, I'm lost, I, dude. Help okay, me out here, I man. think for sure you guys are going to get our top best and worst of the year show. And Bright might end up being a bonus episode. Um, I think we were going to do Wish Upon with that one because uh, we're going to have a guest on that because I, I completely hated that movie. And I think our guest is going to come on and argue for that movie. Well, yeah, and, I'm, um, supposed, I'm supposed to be the deciding factor on that one, right? Yeah, and the shape of yet. the shape of water. If it becomes, uh, if it gets released uh, a wider release, then we're definitely going to do that. But uh, it's not for sure when that, that's going to happen. Okay, and uh, we've also got a really good friend of the show that uh, Denny. You know, you know uh, this guy really well. I think you even voted for him, right, Pedro? Uh, yeah, I know him very well. Uh... <laughs> Normally, when he's around me, he's got a, a nice shovel to bury me with. Uh, he's been on the <laughs> uh, he's been on the After Midnight podcast uh, numerous times. Actually, uh, actually, uh, all the people if, if you go back and listen to the show, check out his episodes. A lot of good ones where we talk about uh, La Llorona, 
we did the They Live movie commentary. We discussed the Hollywood pedophiles, Washington pedophiles, uh, a lot of good stuff. He's a very uh, intelligent man. Uh, you guys should have him on a, a lot more often, too. Very knowledgeable about movies as well. Okay. Well, our good friend Pedro Nunez, accord- according to him, Denny, and I have no reason not to believe him, he, he watched 255 new horror films in 2017. Wow. I would not doubt because he does watch a lot of movies. Okay. So to not have him on for some kind of a best of, worst of would almost be criminal, right? Uh, well, it depends uh, what your definition of criminal is. <laughs> sure, <you> gotta... <laughs> well, we got to have a heel on from time to time, right? Uh, if you want him to be heel, just tell him uh, you saw me uh, one time with my hat tilted a little bit to the side and uh, <laughs> he'll be off to the races. <laughs> right, you get well, two hours just on that. I, I know the week after next, we're going to work in the uh, the last key, right? Insidious, the last key. Yes. All right. So uh, maybe we can get him to uh, to come on, and but also maybe give us his his uh, top top and bottom ten or something. Yeah, that would be Sound cool. Sound like a plan. All right, Pedro, if you're out there and if you can hear us, uh, hopefully you'll accept that invitation. We can we can get you on. But uh, in the meantime, uh, in in memory of the poor dearly departed Snoke. Until the horror returns again. Good night.